G'day guys, Peter Kafkis. And I'm Peter Gowers, and we're two peas in a pod. Yes, two peas in a pod. Well, recently changed. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... We were morons, now we're pods. Yeah. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Ward Keller, the Territory's law firm. Ward Keller is the Northern Territory's leading law firm, providing legal advice to businesses and individuals with offices located in Darwin, Alice Springs, Palmerston and Casuarina. Their lawyers also service clients in Catherine, Tennant Creek and Nullumboy. And they've got a wide range of services including personal law, family law, personal injury, workers' compensation, employment, they do conveyancing and they are a debt collection firm amongst other things. Get on to Ward Keller. They're not just a down south office here in Darwin. They're the Territories Law Firm. And Pete, if you're in the shit, get on to it. Bingo. What's been happening, Pete? Uh, a bit. A fair bit. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a weekend. Head down, bum up, work, 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 get stuff done. Learn, learn, learn. Well, we had Mother's Day, so shout out to all the mothers out there. It's a big day for Mother's, Mother's Day. I, I, I note with interest that it gets uh, a much bigger run than Father's Day does. <laughs> <laughs> what did you end up doing, Pete? I uh, spent the day at home with the family and uh, just had a relaxing one, actually. Oh, you had a relaxing yeah. one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I did a fair bit of work, I must admit, oh, but we were all together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended up going down to East Point. Yes. And it was Chockers. Oh, I bet it was, yeah. Salty Plum Cafe. Ah, now tell me about this because I've looked for it and I can't find it. Oh, really? And there's no advertising signboards. They're not online. They're an enigma in this day and age. <laughs> Where exactly do I find the salty plum? Well, as you go into East Point, uh, which for anyone that doesn't know where that is, that is in Fanny Bay. Um, first, second, say third speed. Oh, you know where it is? Right opposite that playground where Lake Alexander is. Incorrect. But we were there. Is it mobile? Yeah, it's a little mobile. Okay. So it wasn't there the day we went there. Oh, well, was... It's not there every day? I don't know. I, I shouldn't Do they have talk. tables and chairs? Or is it like a walk-up Mr. No, Whippy No, no, it's not tables. It's beanbags. Is it like a Mr. Whippy van with beanbags around it? Like, like that. I love it. And it, the lineup was, whew, took us a while to get served. And ah. even when we got served... They said, uh, um, it'll be about half an hour to get your food. Yep, no worries. You know, big lineup. We knew yep. it was busy. An hour and 15 <laughs> minutes later. They said about. <laughs> an hour and 15 wow. minutes later, we got our food. Was it worth it? Was like, was it nice tasting food? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was filling. It was good. The yep. kids ran around. The tide was out. So oh, nice. It was good. I love going down to East Point and... Um, when it's high tide and you see the people roll up with their boats and uh, then they, ha- they have a couple of quiet ones and get chatting and the tide starts to go out and they don't realise it and next thing you know they've got a 12-hour wait. And the tide goes out mighty quick. <laughs> it sure does. And your boat is a long way from the water if you don't realise it quickly. <laughs> I saw I was down there one day and two boats, they, they would have been there till midnight yeah. waiting for the tide to come back in. Oh, they do that, don't they? Yeah, anyway. I've seen some of the Greek boys do that. <laughs> and we the official dry, my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sub 20 degrees last night. Yeah. You know it's the dry season yep. when I steal the baby's quilt off his bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was tucked up all nice and warm. Yes. It was, yeah, so sub 20 degrees. Now, I, I've been here over a decade, about 13 years, and um, the first year that I was here, yep. or the second year maybe actually, yeah. they uh, I learned that they judged the dry season by how many nights under 20 degrees that you get. Okay. That's how they judge cool. how good it is. I never thought of it so like that. So last night was under 20 degrees and it was it was cool. For Darwin, it was cool. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess last night was the first night I didn't sleep with the aircon on. And it's just a little warm for my liking still. Uh, or the the cross-flow breeze isn't yeah. working with this house. You had the fan going flat out? No, just had it on there's, slow. Well, there's the problem. Oh. Yeah. Get the fan going full bickies. But you know, if I have the fan up faster than the slowest, you got, we've got one, two, three. If I have it anything more than one, which is the slowest, yeah, I get a runny nose the next day. Really? Yeah. Well, you'll have to sort that out with a, uh, a good hay fever specialist. But uh, that's the way to not run the air con, but still keep cool Okay. Uh, without any air con at all. I, I haven't had the air con now for over a week. Yeah. And not because I've been, you know, stingy or pulling back, just because I got up to bed and I'm like, no, it's cool enough, I don't need it. Don't need it. Yeah. Well, on Saturday after, um, there was only one open house, so it wasn't or one or <laughs> yeah. two, it wasn't busy. Yeah. So my mate Philip rings me up and he goes, no, I need, need to meet me, meet me at the airport. Huh. I said, yeah, no worries. I'm thinking, what's he building at the airport? Is, is, that, he... is that similar to when Chappelle needed some help at the airport? Well, I can't remember that episode. Is that what you're thinking? Not Dave Chappelle, Chappelle Corby. Oh, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, man. The other Chappelle. Oh, how is it? Anyway, let's not digress. We'll, we'll get to Chappelle yeah, yeah. in a minute, the boogie board. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I get to the airport and we meet up and I'm outside this panger, if you like, with a gate there and got a security person there and Philip says, Philip from Multi-Build Homes, he says, oh, yeah, Come on in. So the security guard opens the gate and lets me straight in. And then I look, I said, what's that on your neck, hanging off your neck? And it was one of those pilot things. Oh, no. And I'm like, what's going on, brother? He goes, oh, just, you know, we might go up for a quick flight. And they, yeah, whatever, man. Let's just go have a look at this plane, whatever. Show me the planes. And we get close to the plane and he goes, I just got my uh, license. I can fly on my own first time. I said, bullshit. Yeah. And we get Good to, luck with that. to this little plane that yeah. just fits two people. Yeah. It's 55 years old. Yeah. See and you he later. goes, mate, we're going up in the sky. I said, piss off. No way. See you later, Phil. Have a good trip. Yeah. So I, I started genuinely shitting myself. Uh, so I did a quick Facebook Live and that went <laughs> off. <laughs> and we recorded the, I had the little Sony, you know, that little Sony GoPro yes, version thing. Yes. So we recorded it, and we went up in the sky for half an hour. I felt a little bit queasy. Started doing some crazy turns. Oh, really? It was unreal. Is he qualified to do the he crazy turns? He's qualified. He's <laughs> qualified. Oh, that's good. And yeah. you're here, so you obviously landed. Oh, it's all or good. You, or Safe. your shoot worked well. Yeah. Your parachute. No shoot. No shoot. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, there you go. Got to see down. We went past the Impex uh, gas site, which is one of the billion-dollar projects that this town has. Mm. We got to go over Palmerston, Impex, uh, around, over the city, and then back down and land. So, are there any restrictions as to where he can and can't fly? Look, we were flying pretty low. Yeah. So, I don't know what he's told air traffic control. We're going for a spin and just look out for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah well, it was pretty clear. I was watching the uh, some stuff about MH370 last night, the so plane that went missing a couple of years ago. And, I missed uh, that, but yeah. It, uh, it's amazing how, uh, as they said, a, a Boeing uh, 777 aeroplane can go missing in the air, but it can if you don't alert people to where you're going and you switch off all the correspondence stuff. So I'm glad Phil didn't do that. Jeez. What ended up happening to that MH? Well, they haven't found it yet. Well, you just disappeared. Well, this is the thing. One of the uh, experts, the American dude, says, well, in the history of aviation, when there's fair-paying passengers on board, we simply don't lose aeroplanes. And, <laughs> and the problem is that because this guy switched off all his transponders, yeah. well, sorry, someone switched off all the transponders, yep. they likely think it was the primary, you know, the head pilot. But because he did that, um, it's only thanks to modern technology that they even have any idea where it went. And and that's because within the engines themselves, yeah. there's little transponders that were created to tell the engine manufacturer information about the engines throughout its life. Right. And as a result, within a, a fairly um, easy uh, distance, uh, distance, they can work out within a fairly certain area where it is it's just that that area has about 180 degrees from one to the other. So when I say fairly certain, it's almost like needle in a haystack type thing. Yeah, okay. I think they will find it, like the Titanic. It will take forever. It, it, just take, it just depends how long. Because I remember initially when it all first happened, it sends out, the black box sends out a signal for a certain amount of days. Yeah, it does. I, th I think from memory it's seven days or something. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, if they don't find it within that time frame, then it's very difficult. Um, yeah. Given that particular plane situation, like my, any other tragedy that's happened, even if it's pilot caused, as in intentional from a yeah. pilot, yeah. they always know where they are within a degree because the, the transponders on the plane are still working. But this is the first time where a guy's actually, or someone, has switched off all the transponders. Or I suppose, let's say, it could be an electrical fault, although... They're not really discussing that as an option. Um, but they they know the flight path now. Yeah, okay. And, and the, way, the way that whoever was flying the plane did it was actually amazing. He flew between Thailand and Vietnam yeah. and kept crossing the border back and forth, back and forth. So neither airspace was taking responsibility for this plane. Oh. And once he got out to the sea, he then hung a big righty and came down. Allegedly off, uh, Allegedly. somewhere off Western Australia. Well, if there's one thing that I've learned watching these air crash investigation shows, yep, is that it's way more dangerous to hop in a car and go for a drive versus going on a flight. You know, so for anyone that shits themselves on a flight, if you're hopping in a car to go for a drive, that's way more dangerous. So one of the reasons why that particular flight um, is close to my heart is because I flew to Singapore. A few days after it happened yeah so i was watching on cnn the whole time i was away just waiting for the news just wanting to know what had happened uh because boeing triple sevens um generally don't have these problems so like they don't have um you know failure type problems so um you know f from my point of view it was definitely close not, not close to my heart in terms of i'm not you know emotionally yeah. attached to sure, it. Sure, sure, but it's, it's just, you know, I flew a, a few days later and like this bloke said, they just don't have commercial airlines 
fall out of the sky <laughs> for no reason anymore. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, so they haven't found it. They're hopeful to find it. The governments are going to wrap up government funding in a month or so. Okay. So if they don't find it by then, it'll come down to private searches. And I guess at that stage, it'll depend on how much either... Malaysian Airlines, the Malaysian government, and right. other governments. Right. Because there's a lot of Chinese nationals on that plane as well. It'll depend on how much money's put up to, uh, you know, fund a rescue effort or a reward for rescue. I look forward to or the recovery. Air... I think it is not rescue. Yeah. Well, I've seen the air crash investigation. They've shot so far. I look forward to the completed one. Yeah. Yeah. I hope for the families anyway that um, it is completed because. There's a lot of people still in a uh, in a lot of hurt and pain, not knowing where their family members are. Now, uh, on uh, Friday night, I ended up putting a post. Yes. Um, of the NT General, Governor General. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went uh, a bit off. Not Governor General, Administrator. Yeah, the Administrator of the Northern yeah, Territory. Yeah. Uh, yep. I didn't mean to offend. Did someone get offended? A few people. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I guess the the short answer is, what do you actually do? Don't tell me you, you, you represent the Queen, because the Queen doesn't come here often. Uh, and don't tell me you look after a really nice house. <laughs> what do you actually do? Well, I'm not the administrator. No, sorry. I'm, look, yeah, I'm trying to look at you oh, like you are. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I guess the role is largely ceremonial um, and a little bit administrative. Okay. And, well, in the Northern Territory, the the administrator um, signs into law the, the various things that the um, Legislative Assembly passes. And and I think, too, um, if I'm right, yes. that they're, they're there for a degree of... Um, uh, consulting and assisting with that process as well. I think that's right. With the laws? Yeah. With, with I mean, so it's quite it's quite a serious role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, historically, the the administrator and the governor general and um, the I think they're called governors in uh, the states. Yeah. The the you know they're quite often from you know, fairly responsible backgrounds. You know, fairly high profile. Whether it's legal profession or um, politics as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, they they tend they tend to know their stuff. They're not just generally, you know, some chump off the street. Yeah, yeah. Although okay, we did okay. have Ted Egan here for a while, and <laughs> that's not to offend, but you know, he he was more of a personality, I think, than yeah, uh, yeah. than uh, that you know, come from a legal background or anything like that. Yeah. Although I could be wrong there too. Well, you know, because I did, I think some people got offended. Um, uh, well, the thing is, mate, everyone gets offended nowadays. Yeah, of course. We live in this course. apologist oh, country where no one can say... Everyone Everyone has to be vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we aren't it. vanilla. Well, the, what good came out of that is I actually got the contact of her people, so I'm going to contact her and yeah. or him and see if I can have a chat to her. And <laughs> it's currently a her. It yeah. is a her. Because, yeah, yeah. look, yeah. Like, and um, my, my friend was right on Facebook. You know, we're both... We're very passionate about the Territory, Promoting yeah. the territory in a new light, yeah. Um, so maybe there's some synergy there with with two peas in a pod. Maybe she can come on our podcast, have a chat to us. 
we we may need to take the pod to her, but yes, I, I think that'd be of great value because I, I think there'd be a lot of people that have no idea what that role does. And yeah. look, I, you know, I've been to a couple of events this year where, where she is there and yep, yep. it I, I must admit it would be mind-numbing a lot of the time for her to turn up to the opening of an envelope and look interested and make a speech and shake a hand and kiss a baby and hand over, you know, the, whatever it is that she has to hand over. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's not her fault that the position exists. We, we, the position is needed. Oh, it is needed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, people talk about the Queen's representative, and I get that, but, mm. but, let's, but let's pare it back somewhat. All of those people have an actual role and a duty to serve their state or territory um, in a way that, that furthers each of those regions. So, okay. Yeah. Well, and, they, and they only sit for a certain amount of time. All right. Well, hey, look, we'll meet up with her and we'll invite her on a podcast yeah. or we'll take the studio to her. Let's have a chat to the administrator. Have you been to the administrator's residence? No. And, the, and, and Bronwyn mentioned that you get to visit once a year. Do I have to wait once a year? Well, if we're doing a podcast with her, hopefully not. But not I have good. a suggestion to make. Yeah. I say we get some fish and chips and take them around for lunch. Love it. It would be one of the best views in Darwin. Okay. So Done. Okay. Yeah, so let's do that. We'll there take, you go. We're putting we'll, that on our uh, list. Can we pull this off? So if the uh, if the administrator's representatives are listening, just let us know uh, what she wants. We'll pick up fish and chips on the way. Love it. Battered fish. Does she want a dimmy? Maybe a, um, <laughs> a, a, a minimum serve of chips. Just let us know. And we'll pick it up and take it around. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, I was on the phone with Qantas today. Oh, yeah. Our nation's airline that has a... Clean record. Clean record and a lovely reputation globally. It's got the kangaroo on the... It does, yeah. yeah. Red. Yep, as my son calls them. Uh, there goes the kangaroo airline. Oh, look at that. The thing is that uh, I was a little disappointed with their customer service today. Talk to me, Pete. Well, I didn't get any. That's what I was disappointed with. Oh, shit. So I don't know what was going on, but I rang probably mid-morning just to sort something out. Very quick, straightforward. Beautiful. Uh, The wait, according to the uh, voice recording, was at minimum an hour. So I could put my details in and they'd call me back. So I did that. And they did call me back in an hour. Okay. And uh, I rang the frequent flyers number to talk to somebody in frequent flyers. Somebody from another department called me back and said, well, I can't deal with that. So you need Uh. to talk to frequent flyers. I'll have to get them to talk to you. Can you just hold the line? That was another 27 minutes waiting. I was like, no, I'm not having this. Did you go on their website? So I got onto their website. Difficult to find, but I found their contact us section. And they've got their little form that you fill out. First one failed, website went down, oh. and second time I was like, "Just would someone call me from that place, please? I'm trying to contact you. I'm a genuine customer." And uh, anyway, so I'm still yet to get a call. Oh shit! Yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's oh. very bad. So hopefully their reputation management team is listening, <laughs> and uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk turkey. Give me a call. I need to sort this out. Yeah, starting to sound like Jetstar. I'd, yeah, well, <laughs> I'd give my frequent flyer number, but knowing in this day and age, somebody could make that a negative and yeah. end up anyway. So that, that that is what it is. Can I bring something to your attention that was interesting today? I had a conversation with Leon. Yep. Um, we owe a lot to him. Um, 
and he mentioned at the budget breakfast, I said, so the overall message at the budget breakfast was territory businesses need to level up, step it up a bit. Stop blaming government all the time, level up. Okay. And a uh, Telstra Businesswoman of the Year, Mary Linnell from Easy Glass, I'm sure you're aware of her. Yeah, yeah. She made something quite interesting. She got up there and she mentioned about mangoes. Now, we produce a lot of mangoes here in the Territory and we sell them. Yep. We have mango farms, mango trees, mango farms. Um, But there's going to be some sort of approval from Indonesia to bring mangoes over. Oh, okay. So we we believe it's going to decimate our local mango Uh, market. Okay. So what she sort of suggested... Yep. And it got picked up in the local news, if you read it the next day, which I don't read the Indian news, um, is why don't we just get rid of all those mango fa- mango trees, mango farms, and convert them to cannabis? <laughs> okay. No, this is a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, you know, I'm all for it. Let's bring it on. Can we do it today? Can we get started? I'm telling you, Colorado has done this. And and I've, I've got at least three square metres of grass. I'm happy to donate. Turn your crop. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love the idea. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Look, without making a joke out of it, um, it, it it's a contentious issue. Uh, yeah. The thing, the thing that needs to be, I suppose, thought out about this is that hemp, in various forms, has been used for years and years and years. Right. It's just the cannabis with the THC, which is the one that can be used for medicinal purposes or yep. make you go off your head, so to speak. Uh, that that's the one that really is what's in question here, um, and as you say, there are states in the U.S. who are making a lot of uh, uh, practitioners or yep. um, you know well, retailers got, are making money from it. They've got shops so now. So is the government. Yes, of course. So there is a there is a benefit there for everyone. Um, look, I think I think it's probably worth looking at. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in the states, what has become a bit of an issue is the amount of people that are getting those. Uh, cards that make them, uh, you know, eligible. Oh, yes, yes. Eligible yes. To, to participate <laughs> or partake, I think. Well, well, like now they've got festivals where they're all smoking. But when, yeah. when some people are doing interviews, um, when some people are doing interviews, they um, are smoking it. And Joe Rogan. <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> he does it before he interviews. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's no it's, doubt. It's it's normal. It's almost normal. And I have to say, alcohol versus cannabis. I more people should do cannabis versus alcohol. Yeah. Look, I I think that we've talked about this alcohol debate a few times, and and I think. What also doesn't get talked about a lot is there's many, many, many medical instances yep. for where it, it honestly would be massively beneficial to people uh, if they had access to this from a pain management point of view, uh, from, you know, from a, a number of different points of view. So yep. I know that governments have largely uh, been against it because historically it's been illegal and there's been a stigma to it. Yeah. But um, I think you've only got to look at the numbers in terms of crime rate, etc., in those countries where they do allow it, and it takes the illegal nature off the table. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If, it, if anyone benefits, I think it's a win-win. Um, we've certainly heard, as you said, the medicinal purposes of it. Mm. But uh, look, if mangoes, there's going to be less profit in mangoes, well, let's explore this because 
as far as I've been, you know, contacted a few times by these investment firms telling me to invest in marijuana. And, yeah. you know, you've got Snoop Dogg. He's created some <laughs> some marijuana stores. So yeah. he's becoming a multi, multi-millionaire of um, other people that are getting arrested. Yeah. Yeah, look, there's... Uh... It's an interesting one. I, I don't know that we want to necessarily wipe out the whole mango industry. No, um, no, 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 no. But it's it's one of those ones where there's there's validity in exploring one side. And if a mango of farmer course, says, you know what, yep. I'm happy to I'm happy to convert, bring it on. Yeah. If a mango farmer says I'm not happy to convert, that's okay. Well, it's up to you. Well, we're going to try to get Mary into the studio now and have a chat. Great. We're going to need to expand. Yeah. We're going to need more room. I know. We're going to need more mics, more room. We're, we're, we're going places. We can do it. We can do it. But, uh, yeah, for, for, for those of you who are not au fait with the territory itself, where we live, um, there is vast open spaces. And farm, a lot of it's farmland, but there's vast open spaces where uh, this could be experimented, tested, and, and see if there's a benefit to you know, the economy, obviously. That, that'd be the reason why I'd, I recommend it. Yeah. All the other byproducts of you know, medical benefits and uh, reducing crime, etc., they're, they're just um, massive benefits that come as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, I think we've talked enough crap for today. <laughs> we'll be back talking more crap someday soon. Yes. The uh, two peats in a pod, or two peas in a pod. We are two peats, and we are two peas in a pod. In a pod, podcast. That's it. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about in the not-too-distant future. Yes. Yes, of course. Now I've just got to work out how to um, change a stream over without losing everything from the legendary (laughs) moron. So, hence why we haven't fully uh, come out and exploded the new name. But it's absolutely brilliant. We owe a credit to, once again, Leon for that. We do indeed. And uh, also credit to this episode. Thanks to Ward Keller. Thank you, Ward Keller. I'm Peter Gowers. And I'm Peter Kafkas. And we are two peas in a pod. Catch you next time. Bye.